And in the next hadith, the hadith of Abi Huraira, radiallahu anhu, when Abi Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu qal, Naha Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anil wisal, faqala rajulun min al-muslimin, fa'innaka tuwasilu ya Rasulullah, qala wa'ayyukum mithli, inni abitu yuta'imuni rabbi wa yasqini, فلما أبوا أن ينتهوا عن الوصال واصل بهم يوما ثم يوما ثم رأوا الهلال فقال لو تأخر الهلال لزدتكم كالمنكر لهم حين أبوا أن ينتهوا متفق عليه This hadith which is narrated by Abu Hurairah رضي الله عنه that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam forbade continuous fasting this is known in Arabic as الوصال a man from among the Muslims said you fast continuously O messenger of Allah he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam replied he replied which one of you is like me which one of you is like me during the night my Lord my Allah my Rabb Allah gives me food and drink when they refused to stop the continuous fasting he fasted with them for a day and then another then they saw the moon he then sallallahu alayhi wasallam said if the new moon had not appeared I would have made you fast more in this way it is as though it would serve as a punishment for them when they refused to stop so in this hadith Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam forbade forbade continuous fasting forbade al-wisal and that is to continue fasting between two days without breaking the fast meaning at least he stays 36 hours without food or drink 24 hours for the first day it's day and night of course and 12 hours from the second day so he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam forbade al-wisal this continuous way of fasting because of the hardship hardship it contains or it employs and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in the verses on fasting in Surah Al-Baqarah 2185 يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرَ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعُسْرَ Allah intends for you ease and He does not want to make things difficult for you and the perfection of worship to Allah is not by what seeking that which is difficult, but rather to follow the easiest. This is the what is entailed by the by the essence of Islam. So one of the Muslims said, "Fainnaka tuwasilu ya Rasulullah," but you you fast continuously, O Messenger of Allah. This man did not say it as an objection. 
it is not an objection to the forbiddens stated by the Prophet والسلام, and that's why here he said من المسلمين a man from among the Muslims and the Muslim does not object to the ruling of the Prophet however this man intended to know the difference between the fact that the Prophet is forbidding something listen to this is forbidding something while he does it and there is no problem with that but if there is someone when can you find someone whose chest is open as that of the Prophet to hear some words like this from someone if this is presented to some of the scholars he would get angry and he may say to him وَمَا عَلَيْكَ مِنِّي أَنْتِ never mind mind your business you and the like but the Prophet ﷺ is all wise and he is merciful so he said وَأَيُّكُمْ مِثْلِي he replied which one of you is like me meaning no one of you is like me this exclamation is an exclamation of negation no one of you is like me inni abitu meaning at night during the night yut'imuni rabbi wa yasqini my rabb allah gives me food and drink this food and drink it's not a nourishment for the body it's not food and drink why? because had it been as such he wouldn't be what continuing fasting and this would not have been something particular to him you understand some some had said concerning this statement that Allah gives me food and drink my Rabb they said that food from paradise and drinks from paradise are brought to him and this is very remote doesn't the food of paradise and the drink of paradise break the fast some people of knowledge on the other hand mention that what is intended by this food and this drink is the intangible that which makes the heart of the Prophet ﷺ sufficient doesn't need the nourishment the physical nourishment so there is a nourishment of the heart whereby he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is busy with the remembrance of Allah and turning to him and seeking him busy with that and he is nourished by that 
not by the food and the drink. And this is the correct opinion. And no one attains this rank. Anyone who claims to have attained this, and he says, I will continue, then in this case he is purifying himself. The scholars who deduced this meaning, they took as a supporting proof from the Arabic language the saying of the poet in his poem لَهَا أَحَادِيثُ مِنْ ذِكْرَاكَ تُشْغِلُهَا عَنِ الشَّرَابِ وَتُلْهِيهَا عَنِ الزَّادِ She remembers your words such that it makes her busy not thinking about food and sustenance and also and also they also they deduced from reality they deduced from actual facts they said if there is between two things between two I repeat the, the poem yes لَهَا أَحَادِيثُ مِنْ ذِكْرَاكَ تُشْغِلُهَا عَنِ الشَّرَابِ وَتُلْهِيهَا عَنِ الزَّادِ and she remembers these words of you which makes her uh, busy not thinking of food and distracts her from from uh, from sustenance you clear so also they take as from actual uh, reality like if there is between two people good strong friendship so strong you will see them sitting together for long hours I don't care and when the time of eating comes lunch or so forth and they are invited to come and eat they say later, later and then comes dinner and they say later, later because they are busy because of uh, this occupation of the heart uh, in uh, relation to this beloved between them is that clear? You understand? And this is the correct this is the correct opinion. Now we continue the discussion of the hadith. When they refuse to stop, meaning they refuse to comply regarding the forbiddance, this refusing this refusal is not that of arrogance or disdainfulness vis-a-vis the forbiddance of the Prophet ﷺ. However, they thought, they thought that the Prophet ﷺ forbade out of clemency, forbade out of clemency regarding them, caring to them, but they had this high motivation whereby they are strong to continue the fasting. So, they feared that the Prophet ﷺ therefore forbade them as a matter of clemency and care towards them. And that's why they refused. Do you understand? So, he continued. Now, he ﷺ, he fasted with them 
for a day and then another. Remember this statement now. He fasted with them for a day and then another. ثُمَّ رَأَوْا الْهِلَالِ Then they saw the moon, meaning the new moon of Shawwal. You understand? They saw, they saw the new moon of Shawwal, that which follows Ramadan. So the Prophet ﷺ said, لَوْ تَأَخَّرَ الْهِلَالُ لَزِدْتُكُمْ كَالْمُنَكِّلِ لَهُمْ If the new moon had not appeared, I would have made you fast more in this way. Meaning this is like an exemplary, uh, quote-unquote, deterrence and, and, and punishment between parentheses to them when they refuse to stop. It is, it is, it, it's not like he is punishing them. Listen, it is like uh, a deterrence such that when they would feel the pain of continuity, that would be, you know, the punishment in a way to them. And we don't say the, 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 uh, like this is something unlawful such that they deserve punishment. Why? That couldn't be. You know, we know that the Prophet ﷺ, he would not have approved of their deed, absolutely. And he would have firmly prevented them, and would not have kept silent. You understand? So this is not the type whereby they deserve a punishment. Meaning, had it been haram, unlawful, whereby it deserves the the punishment, he وسلم, would not have ever approved for them, otherwise he would have decisively prevented them from continuation. Is that clear? He, he wouldn't have kept silent. He wouldn't have kept silent. Here in the translation of the meaning, it is, لَوْ تَأَخَّرَ الْهِلَالُ لَزِدْتُكُمْ If the a new moon had not appeared, I would have made you fast more in this way. It is as though it would serve as a quote-unquote punishment for them when they refuse to stop. Is it a punishment? Or is it that such that when they would feel the pain of continuity, this would be the quote, the punishment. This is strong. The early position that this may be a punishment is also strong. However, what weakens it is that if it had been haram, such that it would deserve the punishment, he would not have approved them ever, and he would have decisively prevented them and did not keep silent. This is one position. It may be said, on the other hand, that it was... Min al-maslaha, that there is a benefit, that he approves on this unlawful matter, what? For the benefit of seizing. As in the case where he approved the one who did not make his salah correctly, whereby he approved his salah when there was no tranquility in his salah. Why? In order that he becomes ready to take 
what the Prophet ﷺ intended for him to take as to the correct way of teaching, meaning preparing him to receive the good information regarding the correct salah. These are the sayings regarding this statement. The benefits of this hadith. Here first benefit we learn that there is forbiddance. Now the question, is this forbiddance for tahrim or detestation, karah? This requires details. Meaning, if the continuity in fasting leads to harmful consequences to the body, then it becomes haram based on the Prophet ﷺ saying la darara wa la dirar secondly there is no harm and there is no reciprocating of harm based on this if it would lead to con- if this continuity therefore would lead to harmful consequences to the body then it is forbidden secondly secondly if it will defer the individual from doing what is obligated upon him like for example if it becomes obligated upon him to be in the ranks of jihad and so if he continues fasting then he will not be able to perform the jihad in this case it will be haram unlawful on him because he cannot make himself busy concerning an obligation by doing something allowable this would be haram third if the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be such that it would not lead to harm nor it would lead to an abandonment of an obligation then it becomes makruh disliked where is the evidence to indicate as such this is indicated in the fact that the Messenger ﷺ approved them on this. You understand? So that's the ruling regarding the forbiddance. That it could be lawful, it could be haram, and it could be what? Disliked to continue the fasting. So continuity of the fasting could be haram. The continuity of fasting could be unlawful and it could be what disliked when it is unlawful forbidden it is forbidden when if it leads to harmful consequences on the body second if it will make the individual relinquish and abandon an obligation Okay, if it doesn't, then in this case it is disliked. Now, the next benefit is the good manner of the Prophet and his openness of his chest and accommodation, whereby he accepted uh, bringing uh, about this uh, comment by this uh, uh, Muslim when he said but you 
continue fasting, O Messenger of Allah. Is that clear? He was so accommodating, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The next benefit is that the individual, the Muslim, if if he disagrees with others, then he should make clear the reason for the disagreement, lest he may be accused. Listen, lest he may be accused. Where is this deducted from the hadith? Where is this deducted from the hadith? Yeah, when he replied, which one of you is like me? Naam. MashaAllah, yes. And uh, what supports this important foundation is that the Prophet ﷺ one day when he uh, ushered Safiya bint Huyay, his wife, Umm al-Mu'mineen, radiyallahu anha, may Allah be pleased with her, when he ushered her from his i'tikaf place, from his seclusion in the masjid, two men from the Ansar passed and then they, what, they hurried up out of bashfulness and shyness. The Prophet ﷺ called upon them, hold, she is Safiya. Right? You remember the hadith? You remember the incident? Hold, she is Safiya. They said, Subhanallah, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger Allah, Subhanallah. The Prophet said, Inna shaytana yajri min ibn Adam majraddam. Shaytan circulates in the path of the son of Adam, in, in the son of Adam, as the, in the, uh, uh, as, the, as the blood flow, or in the blood flow. And I feared that he, shaytan, may cast in your hearts something evil, or something. Is that clear? So therefore the individual, the person should ward off from himself. If he is accused by something, listen, if he accused by something which is not in him, he shouldn't say, let those who accuse me leave them, Allah will take care of them. And in the hadith, رحم الله مرأن كف الغيبة عن نفسه. Allah's mercy be upon the person who wards off backbiting of himself. The next benefit, the permissibility for the person to mention what Allah bestowed upon him from favors and qualities with the condition not to boost. Naam. Where is this deducted from the hadith? Yes. The permissibility that that the person mentions what Allah has favored him with from certain qualities with the condition that he should not, this should not be something for a reason to be, uh, you know, boosting. Yes. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, أَيُّكُمْ مِثْلِي إِنِّي أَبِيتُ which one of you is like me? During the night, my Lord gives me food and drink. Okay, what occurs to the Prophet ﷺ from his 
comfort with his with his Rabb Azza wa Jal and being busy in his remembrance and what occurs to his soul from the nourishment by the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When he said, Inni abitu yut'imuni rabbi wa yasqini. When he said, during the night my Rabb gives me food and drink. Now, the next benefit. Okay, this or differing, <coughs> not intending rebellion is not considered from opposition. And this is, the evidence for this is that the companions, we don't say that they rebelled when they stopped uh, from, when they did not stop from uh, the continuity of fasting, because we know that they didn't intend to differ. But they understood, they interpreted the case that he was only looking for their welfare, clement towards them. And this is like what occurred to Abi Bakr radiallahu anhu when the Prophet والسلام, assigned him to lead the prayers and he وسلم, was ill and when he وسلم, came and when the salah was established he moved forward until he reached the first row and the people began making tasbih and the Salah, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu looked and he saw the Prophet والسلام, behind him. So he, he Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, moved backwards. However, the Prophet والسلام, pushed him with his hand, meaning intending for him to stay in his place. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu raised his hands, praising Allah. That, Allah, that the Prophet والسلام, accepted him to be an Imam leading the Prophet. And this is from the great favors, Allahu Akbar. However, he refused and he pulled backwards and took in the line a position. And the Prophet والسلام, moved forwards. Then he asked him afterwards. What made you draw back? He said, مَا كَانَ لِبْنِ أَبِي قُحَافَ It was not fitting for the son of Abi Quhafa. He didn't say li Abi Bakr, but rather he used his kunya, his nickname, which is lesser. It was not fitting that he, he said, for Ibn Abi Quhafa about himself, to forward himself and be in a position before the Prophet ﷺ or in front of the Prophet ﷺ. This is not considered to be rebellion. Why? Because he intended honoring the Prophet ﷺ. You see that? He intended honoring the honoring of the Prophet ﷺ. Is that clear? And that's why Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah took from this the following. He deduced the following based on this matter. He said, if the person breaks his oath in honoring someone of his companion, his friend, 
then there is no expiation on him. Because he is not considered in this case as someone who broke his oath. And this matter, inshallah ta'ala, we learned this matter in the rulings regarding oath. So the point here is to be made is that the one who does not intend the opposition or the differing is not considered to be a sinner or rebellion. Is that clear? This is evident from this hadith as well as from the incident of Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu with the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam in the salah. The next benefit, the permissibility to deter in a way that the one deterred knows the ruling come to know the ruling this is known since the Prophet ﷺ from the hadith continued fasting with them until they came to know by themselves the wisdom from the forbiddance now Let's take the hadith one more time and listen to the following statement from the Prophet ﷺ. He said, لَوْ تَأَخَّرَ الْهِلَالِ لَزِدْتُكُمْ He said, If the new moon, we need this statement, If the new moon had not appeared, I would have made you fast more in this way. Pay attention to this. If the new moon had not appeared, meaning the new moon of of Shawwal, the month following Ramadan. He said, if the new moon had not appeared, I would have made you fast more in this way. This Arabic article which is called Law, Law Ta'akhara Al-Hilal, if the new moon had not appeared, Law, this article Law, if, has different uses to it. The first, if what is intended by using it is regretfulness regarding what Allah has decreed, then it is forbidden. Then it is forbidden. As in the authentic hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, المؤمن القوي خير وأحب إلى الله من المؤمن الضعيف The strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak one. And in all there is good. احرص على ما ينفعك Be keen as to that which is beneficial to you. واستعن بالله ولا تعجز And seek the help of Allah and don't be uh, and don't be weak وَإِنْ أَصَابَكَ شَيْءٍ and if something happens to you فَلَا تَقُلْ لَوْ if something happens to you then don't say if لَوْ أَنِّي فَعَلْتُ كَذَا if I had done such and such then such and such may have occurred فَإِنَّ لَوْ that is because لَوْ if opens the work of shaitan however say قُلْ قَدَّرَ اللَّهُ وَمَا شَاءَ فَعَلْ however say Allah has decreed and 
Tabar, he will, he did. So, when something occurs, not wanted by the individual, if he then comes and says, if I had done such and such, then such and such would have occurred. The reason why he is saying this is regretting as to what had occurred. This is forbidden. And not only that, it is harmful for the person. Because in this way he will open all sorts of works for shaitan, for the devil. And he will continue saying, I wish I would not have done such and such. But when he says, Qaddar Allah, Allah has decreed that and whatever he willed, he subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever he wills, he does what he whatever he wills, then the matter becomes clear and decisive and finished. This is the first usage. Now this kind of usage is what is forbidden. Is that clear? This kind of regretful if is forbidden as explained. The second usage the second usage is if it takes the form of a report news, information like for example you say to your friend لو زرتني لأكرمتك you know if you had visited me I would have honored you this is permissible and the like is our hadith if the new moon had not appeared I would have made you fast more you see this is of the form of the report news and from that also what the Prophet ﷺ had said when he commanded his companions who did not take with them the sacrificial animal in their in, in the farewell pilgrimage with the Prophet ﷺ, when he commanded them, when he commanded those, those companions to make their Hajj Umrah, to make, to turn their Hajj into Umrah. And when he saw them affected by this decision, he said, لَوْ اسْتَقْبَلْتُ He said, لَوْ اسْتَقْبَلْتُ مِنْ أَمْرِي مَسْتَدْبَرْتْ مَا سُقْتُ الْهَدِي He said, if I had known what I know now, I would not have brought the sacrifice with me. This is news. It is not intended by this any kind of regret as to what have occurred. And he, sallallahu alayhi wa spoke the truth. Had he known that this kind of effect would have touched his companions, he would not have brought with him the sacrifice, and he would, not, and he would have released himself, freed himself from the ihram with them as well. The third, that it, its usage in Hoping the good. Hoping for that which is good. Like the saying of the sayer, 
who is poor. He, if he says, لو أن لي مال فلان الغني لعملت بعمله. If I had the wealth and if I have, if I possess the wealth of <coughs> the like of that of such and such who spends his wealth in the cause of Allah, I would have done the same as his work. This is good. And this is rewardable. Because he hopes for the good. But if it is in the evil, then he is sinful. Is that clear? So these are the three types of usage. Okay, the three types of usage of law, the article if. Clear? Let me see. No, the one which is similar to the one of hadith is the report, is the report, is the second one, is the second. Right, from the benefits of this hadith, that, now, listen to this, that acts of deterrence and defaming is not particularized by particular things. Meaning, the deterrence that is intended to stop what's unlawful is not restricted to something specified. Where is this deducted? This is deduced from the fact that the Prophet ﷺ intended to deter them concerning their continuity in the fasting. The like of this is the position taken by Umar. May Allah be pleased with him regarding the pronunciation of divorce three times without separable intervals between them. We know that the pronunciation of divorce three times is forbidden because it hastens that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had put accommodation for. For example, to say to his wife, Anti Taliq Thalathan, you are divorced thrice. Or he says to her, Anti Taliq, Anti Taliq, Anti Taliq, you are divorced, you are divorced, you are divorced. This is forbidden. During the time of the Prophet, people preserved this. That is because when it was mentioned to the Prophet ﷺ that a man divorced his wife all three by a single pronouncement, he became angry ﷺ. And he said, أَيُلْعَبُ بِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ وَأَنَا بَيْنَ أَظْهُرِكُمْ 
a playing in the book of Allah, making it a play while I am amongst you. So people refrained and became on the right way. The matter continued as such in the correct way during the time of Abu Bakr and then during the time of Umar the lands of Islam became vast and people mingled with other people and there was weakness in the deen in some with some people and so some began to say the three at once you are divorced, you are divorced, you are divorced meaning intending to make her forbidden for himself and she, the woman, is not forbidden in the Sharia unless he says to her you are divorced then it is revocable then he says at another time you mean he, he makes it revocable returns her to the wedlock or to, 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 him, to, to the marriage uh, he revokes that or he says anti-talik you are divorced and then he revokes then he says anti-talik after that she becomes forbidden for him so when people those weak ones began doing this three pronouncements at once or saying you are divorced, divorced thrice Umar radiallahu anhu resorted to deterrence he said are الناس قد تعجلوا في أمر كانت لهم فيه أنا أنا فلو أمضيناه عليهم he said I have seen that people have made haste in an affair meaning this in the divorce in an affair they used to practice with patience so supposing use so so supposing we executed on them what does it mean executing in them خلاص make the divorce final means this would be a deterrence and he executed on them and he said to the person who would do so you cannot revoke because you chose that for yourself is that clear the last statement of Umar yes no 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 it's not allowed no no it counts as one he said I have seen that you know people have made haste have made haste in an affair they used to practice with patience and so will execute it on them so whenever a person would do this he say you cannot revoke 
because you chose it for yourself. And that's it. She can't return to him. Why did Omar use this? Because he resorted to this deterrence. He wanted to deter the people. He is depriving something, taking something from them, which is their right. Because what is intended from the deterrence here is deterring and making it as an example for others. Is that clear? Educational deterrence. This is from the policy of Umar. This is from the policy of Umar. Now, is it permissible to defame and deter with wealth? Yes. So the one who steals from the booty, his luggage and his saddle bags are to be burned. And this is a kind of defaming and deterring. And the one who conceals the lost item, then the price or the value is the value is, is amplified on him. And the thief who takes from other than Hirz, Hirz is a uh, protective, uh, protective place where things are kept. If he steals from other than that, for example, from fruits or the like, then also the, the price or the value is amplified on him. But there is no cutting of his hands because it is not from a Hirz Hers is the uh, what is conventionally taken to preserve items of and properties. So this is a foundation which we should know, and that deterrence is not restricted by a specific kind. Is this clear? Is this clear? Deterrence is not restricted to a specific kind. Can it be restricted by a quantity kind? A particular quantity? Let us see. If the like of its kind, if there is a prescribed punishment to the like of its kind, then it is not permissible to, ex to exceed to exceed the prescribed punishment. Is that clear? If the like... Okay. If there is a prescribed punishment, then the like of... And, and there is... If its, if its kind has a prescribed legal punishment, then there can be no exceeding to this prescribed punishment. Example, someone commits legal, illegal sexual intercourse, an unmarried individual commits zina, unmarried. His punishment is to be lashed hundred lashes and to be deported for one year. And deported for one year. This is prescribed punishment. So if a young man, unmarried, 
commits adultery, then he is legally to be lashed, hundred lashes, and deported for one year. So if we see a person going to a woman's place every night, but he does not commit the illegal sexual intercourse, he sleeps with her and makes advances, but he does not make the actual illegal intercourse. Can we say here that he can, he should take hundred lashes? No. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prescribed hundred lashes for the unmarried upon, for, upon adultery. And this individual in our case did not commit adultery. And the sin is of the same like, right? Of the same kind. So therefore it does not exceed, it does not reach the prescribed, it does not reach the prescribed limit. However, the general sins where the like thereof does not have a prescribed punishment, then Waliyul Amr, the leader in charge, can prescribe the punishment as he sees to be a deterrent for the people. And from that, according to the correct opinion, is the punishment on drinking alcoholic beverages. Most of the scholars, most of the scholars are on the opinion that the punishment is a prescribed one. Most of the scholars considered it to be a prescribed punishment. However, however, the preponderating opinion, when carefully thought, is that the punishment for drinking alcoholic beverages is not a prescribed limited one. The evidence is, first, that during the time of the Prophet wasallam. The one who used to, whenever someone drank the al-khamr, the alcoholic beverages, and was brought to the Prophet والسلام, or no, he was brought in and people would beat him. Some beat him with their thawb, with their garment. Some beat him with some uh, with, with, with shoes. Uh, like, you know, like 40 uh, lashes, others give him 40 lashes. Had it been a prescribed punishment of 40, then the Imam would have done this and made it precise, not as diverse as you have heard. Is that clear? This is first evidence. This is first evidence. 
The second evidence, when more people drank alcoholic beverages during the time of Umar, due to the reason of weakness in faith, and some people mingling with others, and uh, he brought the people of uh, thought and leadership and wisdom and consulted with them, and consulted with them, and said, what do you say? What do you say? What do you think? Abdul Rahman bin Awf, radiyallahu an, the Sahabi, the companion, Abdul Rahman bin Awf, may Allah be pleased with him, he said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, O leader of the believers, the least of the prescribed punishment is 80. And this is what? For the slander. So Umar raised it from 40 to 80. Would it be really permissible for Umar or other than Umar to increase the limit over that set by the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam? No. And that's why if the adultery would spread amongst people we don't increase it to 200 lashes. We don't exceed it. Furthermore, the saying of Abdul Rahman bin Awf, the least prescribed, and the companions sitting and them being silent indicates that the matter with them is clear, that the punishment concerning the drinker of alcoholic beverages is not a prescribed one, restricted, limited. Had it been so, then the least would be 40. And this is clear. And this is really in reality fitting to our times because some people may not be deterred by 80. So we say to the leader in charge, to the ruler, make it 160. Or we say, you may increase. He may do 80 and me, he may jail him. You see that? This is in the, in the matters that there is no prescribed punishment. However, with respect to the prescribed punishment, can we do the same? No. For example, in the case of the adulterer, the unmarried adulterer, he is to be lashed 100. Can we say, if adultery becomes spread, then lash 200 and jail one year? No. Why? Because it is a prescribed punishment. However, when with respect to the alcoholic beverages drinker and that it is not a prescribed one according to the correct opinion, then we say lash him 80 and put him in jail for a year or two years as he sees fit to be a deterrent. And we say all praise to Allah. Listen, all praise to Allah that the punishment concerning alcoholic beverages, drinking, is not prescribed. Why? So that the leader takes the matter 
as he sees fit to deter the people. And that's why the, that, that's why the preponderating opinion that if he drinks and then he is lashed, then he, he drinks again and lashed, then he drinks again, then he drinks the fourth, then he is to be killed. And Ibn Hazm, rahimahullah, he said he is to be killed as, as fard. Why he said in this case, the killing here of him, the execution of him here becomes a had, a prescribed one. However, Sheikh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, Sheikh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, took a medium position. He said, if the people would not deter except by killing him on the fourth one, then in this case his killing becomes an obligation. So he carried the hadith, what? On the understanding that if the people don't cease, except by killing him for the fourth one, then in this case he is to be killed. And his position, rahimahullah, his position, rahimahullah, without any doubt, is sound and fitting. What is the purpose? The purpose is to correct the people. And if one soul is gone, or two, or more, and as long as the purpose is preserving the entire society, and no, no, the one who is killed today, if he is not to die today, he's not going to die tomorrow. However, the corruption of the nation is not something easy. This brings the end of the discussion on this hadith. Wallahu ta'ala a'la wa a'lam wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallama tasliman kathira.